Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News Tech Podcast. Today I am joined by editorial director Ben Delaney. Ben, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Dan. Just, you know, watching the last stage Tour of France wrap up today. Wout's taking his number two, number three for Jumbo Visma. It has been uh, quite an exciting week one for sure, dominated by uh, lots of yellow uh, from Jumbo Visma. Wout, again, like you said, just absolutely uh, wowing us in uh, in sprints. Uh, it's It's been fun. Um, you know, a couple lulls here and there, but honestly, I think everybody's just stoked that we have racing again, and there is plenty to talk about when it comes to the tech of the tour. So, you know, through the through the stages right now, it's, it's Friday we're recording. Uh, we just watched Wout cross the line. Um, ben, let's let's talk about uh, some of the tech stories that have sort of dictated uh, the tour so far in the first week. Uh, and as far as I can tell, the tour's first week in terms of tech has been dominated uh, by tires and rubber. Yes. Um, yep. What what are some of the things that you've picked out and noticed about tires and and how this year's tour is sort of changing the way pros are approaching their tire choice? Yeah, it's where the tires are where the rubber literally meets the road, right? And I think one thing that's been uh, impressive to watch is that while other parts of technology are maybe not flawless, they're they're pretty close to as far as day-to-day performance. Like shifters aren't just going to stop functioning on a regular basis. Bikes aren't breaking unless these poor guys are hitting guardrails at 50 (laughs) miles an hour. Yes. But, But tires... You still, these guys are getting just untimely dumb luck flats that mm-hmm. can uh, make or break the day. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see that the the bike industry as a whole and and pro teams in particular haven't yet got that dialed. So we're continuing to uh, see tests of stuff, some new stuff and some old stuff. So like the the biggest story is clinchers. Mm-hmm. Julian Alaphilippe winning a stage of the Tour de France on clincher tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like us mere mortals ride. I, mean, I know you're a big fan of tubeless yourself. I am, I am, yeah. Now, for the longest time, it's been like pros ride tubulars, amateurs in the rest of the world ride clincher tires. And yep. then like tubeless is now in the mix. But the, the biggest story, clearly, in my mind, is Julian Alaphilippe winning on specialized turbo cotton clinchers. Yeah, and, and it's important to note when we say clincher, we mean a clincher with a tube inside. I mean, last year, uh, DeCunin quick step, uh, also made, made headlines, you know, with tubeless tires. And so this is an interesting step. I mean, you know, I, I certainly didn't think that the progression was going to be tubular, tubeless, tubed. <laughs> oh, so, right. Right. Yeah, I would have, right. I would have swapped those last two around for sure. And, and perhaps like for listeners that aren't as dorky as we are, we should break down the three types of tires that we're talking about and how mm-hmm. they work. Yeah. Yeah, so tubulars, let's start there. I mean, that's been the go-to for racers forever. Uh, And a a tubular tire, uh, for those of you who don't know, basically they get glued to the rim. It's one one thing. It's it's hand-built, and so essentially your tube is built into the tire itself. And there's a lot of advantages to the the tubular tire, aside from just an awesome ride feel, which is that should the tire go flat while you're riding it, you can still keep going. Uh, The tire is probably not going to separate from the rim. Uh, so that's been sort of the go-to for the pros for forever. Um, and it's only in the last couple of years that we've really seen uh, a divergence from that path. Uh, and that started interestingly enough with, not with, not with clinchers, but with tubeless. 
Um, yeah. So explain how tubeless works and then how a clincher and tube work. Yeah. So a clincher and a tube, uh, a clincher, it does exactly that. It clinches the rim essentially, uh, with a hook usually, uh, and, and there's a tube inside and the tube inflates and that's what gives the, the, the tire structure and, and cushion and all that. Um, and then, you know, tubeless is essentially the same kind of thing, except it's, there's no tube inside it's sealed. Uh, and that required, uh, a rethinking of the structure of the, the the tire itself, not only in the, the bead, but also in the sidewall and how that retains air, and also a redesigning of the rim itself. And so the mating there is sort of a lot, lot tighter, kind of like your car tire, right? It just seats, it seats, and that's it. That's that's what holds your air in. And we've, in the bike world, because of you know varying tire pressures and things like that, we use sealant uh, within that. Um, so the move was, I mean, we've seen, we, to be, to back up, we have seen clinchers, uh, used in races before, but it's usually time trials. Uh, so we've seen Tony Martin has used clinchers before, yes. uh, to great effect and has, has, you know, had a lot of success there, but we haven't seen it in so much in, in actual, uh, road racing. Uh, and that changed what, three, three years ago now, I want to say, um, you know, Marcel Kittle went on tube on disc brakes. And then it was like this progression from there. It's like, now we're going to try tubeless. And I think that was two years ago. Uh, Mitchelton Scott was toying with tubeless last year at the tour. Uh, Quick Quickstep actually got some stage wins at the tour last year on tubeless. Uh, so again, Philippe won this year on, uh, clinchers with tubes in them. And that's, that's notable. Um, Ben, you know, we, we, you've ridden actually the, the Raval wheels that, that Alaphilippe, uh, won on. Um, can you tell me why specialized chose to go with tubes on these wheels instead of tubeless? Oh, to sell more stuff, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, teams are certainly used as a promotional goal, but the, the product has to be legit, right? Mm-hmm. And when Tony Martin uh, first started using uh, specialized clincher tires, the benefits were twofold. You know, one, uh, lowered rolling resistance. It's a, a tiny factor in the overall package, but one that is measurable, right? What was the what was the phrase that was getting tossed around for with what Sky was doing for marginal gains, small advantages, yeah. marginal gains. Yeah. That, that was a marginal gain, right? Yeah, right. Uh, slightly less rolling resistance, um, and aerodynamics. A slight, again, but measurable benefit of a clincher tires. You could shape or the tire manufacturers, especially when the tire manufacturer is working in conjunction with the wheel manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a faster overall package um, when you're focusing on exactly that instead of a t- perfectly round or almost perfectly round tubular tire that is just glued onto a wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tiny differences, but uh, when you're the world time trial champion, uh, you've got the resources to chase those and improve those. Um, I love back to the uh, – the consumer version, which is also the what Alaphilippe is racing. I love the feel of the specialized turbo cotton clincher tires. Um, they're pretty uh, visually distinct. We've got the tan sidewall of, you know, you're able to see the cotton there and in a really thin tread. Um, they, they are not a, a gator skin. They will not last forever and ever. You can't ride through through glass and detritus and right. <laughs> uh, 
and not expect them to go wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a thin puncture belt in there, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, they feel kind of like a, like a Schwalbe pro one tire of just, just nice buttery feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I like those tires. And, and I also like clinchers because they're easy to change. I mean, tubeless just day to day when it seals up, it's handy, but when it doesn't, it's a bloody mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where I fall back on is that gravel tires, tubeless, yeah, duh, absolutely no-brainer. Mountain, that's been a foregone conclusion for years. Um, but road for me is still, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, the turbo cotton, it, yeah, it feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we've also th- seen through third-party testing that these tires are fast, whether that's wheel energy testing them or uh, bicycle rolling resistance.com, the turbo cottons are fast tires. Yep. And, you know, one of the things to mention, a couple things there, actually, um, what, with the um, the Reval wheels, you know, in their own marketing material, Reval does say that, you know, part of the reason they went with uh, a, a tubed version was actually that the weight savings was better with a, a tubed setup than it was with a tubeless. And so that factored in as well. So, you know, again, this is a compounded sort of all-encompassing look at what a wheel and tire setup does. And I think that's why Revol made this particular play. But also going back to what you said, you know, I am I am a convert to tubeless uh, on the road. And, you know, I've had such good luck with it. I mean, I almost get no flats. Uh, and if, if I do, mm-hmm. I don't either, either that, or I just don't notice them cause they seal up. Um, I've had a, yeah. t- I've had a ton, a ton of tubed flats this year. Um, uh-huh. so, you know, to me, you know, yes, the, the idea of changing out a tube, tubeless tire on the side of the road with all the goop that comes out, that's, that's not very appealing to me. Uh, but I haven't had to do it this year, which I think is, yeah. is pretty telling. Um, so that's something to think about as well. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons that there's a lot of we're in that sort of zone of, of playing with tire setups right now. Is it going to be tubeless? Is it going to be tubed? Um, and largely that speaks to the fact that, as you said, you know, tires are just so uh, up in the air right now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. of all the things that we've managed to streamline on a bike over the last few several years, tires are very much not there. I mean, they're very good. Don't get don't get me wrong in yes. terms of grip and function. Yes. Um, but you know, there's, there's always going to be punctures, um, sure. and, and punctures. especially in a race tire when it's about, it's all about pushing it right up to that line. Right. Right. Yeah. They could be riding gator skins with Mr. Tuffy strips and foam core and, you know, 10 ounces of sealant each. And yeah, they probably went flat, but they would feel like garbage. Right. And, right. Oh, that's what, that's what's so different about bicycles. When you think about it as compared to something like a motorcycle, you know, the motorcycle, you can add weight. And, you know, you can just gas it up a little bit more and give it a little more throttle. Whereas with, with the bike, you know, your, your throttle is you. (laughs) So you have to really be careful about how much energy you're expending. So every time you add weight or complexity to something like the, like a tire, you know, that's, that's on your engine. That's on you. Um, and that's why this is so tricky to get it right. You know, there's so many factors. I mean, we've seen not on top of all the rolling resistance and the reliability, and there's also grip. Uh, that that has to come into play, and we saw that play out pretty clearly on stage one, um, where there was no grip. Exactly, there, yeah, no grip to be had in all of the south of France. Exactly, <laughs> it was it was an ice skating rink, even though it was what you know uh, ninety degrees out or whatever. Oh, that was hard to watch. Those yeah, guys. yeah, that was that was an ugly stage. It was it was interesting though. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a stage where there were that many crashes and that much caution coming down. Uh, descent can you think of any other stages like that i mean I, except for like 
snow, you know? Yeah, so first stage of the Tour de France was a mess. We saw, you know, theories of the publicity caravan spraying soap on the roads inadvertently as part of their uh, demonstration. We saw photos of bubbles coming out on the road. Uh, regardless of that, there's also just a perfect storm of oil f- coming off of cars that's brought up to the surface when it rains, uh, and then just paint on the road. But it seems like th- those those factors are always there in, to some degree in bike racing when it rains. But there was something exceptional about stage one, and, and you, you you just did a piece recently on on how tire manufacturers. Uh, work on grip through both chemical means and mechanical means. And yeah. And even, even there with those two, uh, things working hand in hand to provide grip, there's just certain things that you cannot test for. (laughs) So like, you know, the combination of oil and bubbles and road paint, you know, when they're in, when, when a company's developing a tire, there's just no way to test for all those X factors without creating a, a product that's just going to be too specific to use. And so in order to create grip, essentially I spoke with Pirelli, some representatives from Pirelli tires. Uh, they have a lot of experience developing tires, as you may know. Uh, and so there's two ways to, to, to provide grip and that's through mechanical means, which is the actual, uh, shape and, and, you know, durometer of the tire and the way the tire moves. Uh, and then the chemical means, which is actually the, you know, the, the various components that go into making up the rubber compound. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, each of those things, and you can read that on Velo news now, um, each of those things, you know, is, is essentially done to, to create uh, a tire that can grip in, you know, most situations that a rider is going to encounter. Um, you know, do they test for, you know, soap? No, <laughs> you know, and even right. motor, even motor oil. I mean, they can't really test for that either because there's so many different kinds. There's different viscosities. There's different ways that it interacts with different types of pavement. Um, you would just get into the weeds far too much. So, you know, it's, it's like anything else with, with tires, you have to come up with some sort of compromise that's useful in most situations. And really that there sums up why it's so difficult to make a tire that is effective for racing. Uh, sure. You know, there's just so many different scenarios that can play out on the road. And, and stage one was a perfect example of that. It was raining for the first time uh, in that area in, in a long, long time, uh, you know, road oils and road paint. And if the bubbles factored in from the, the caravan vehicle, I mean, who could have who could have prepared for that? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like the softer and the grippier the rubber is, the the shorter its lifespan. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a factor for pros who are getting fresh tires right. regularly. But right. um, that is for the rest of us. We want a tire that feels great, but we don't want to be dropping $100 on a new tire every, every few ride. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, yeah. I think the tires is this fascinating balance point of all these, of all these factors. We want yeah. our tires to be mm-hmm. this light and fast and grippy and mm-hmm. perfect and cheap and last forever. Like, yeah, <laughs> good luck. Take a couple. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good luck. It's, it's an impossible task. And I think that's, and then not to mention, you know, factoring in things like mating to a tire or excuse me, to a wheel and creating aerodynamics. And it, I mean, geez, the, the X factors go on for days. Um, so, Tire siping. Yeah. Talk, I think that's a, that's a fun bit. That, yeah. Siping is fun. Uh, yeah. And it, and it can affect grip in the wet, but not in the way you would think. Right. You know, it's like on a, on a, on a snow tire for your car, your truck, um, the siping is like the width of your finger and that can push 
water away. That's mm-hmm. not what that is not is what is happening on no. a bicycle tech. No, um, we're going to we're going to take a quick break here for uh, a quick uh, message for you uh, listeners that I think you will enjoy. But uh, when we come back, let's talk siping and what those uh, little treads on your road tires are actually doing. Vela News has been the American voice of competitive cycling since 1972, and I'm excited to tell you about our all-new premium membership program, Velo News Pass. When you join Velo News Pass, you get instant access to members-only perks you won't find anywhere else, including premium content, your choice of any of our magazines from Velo News, Triathlete, Ski, Backpacker, and more, and Pro Deals Galore. We're giving listeners of the Velo News Tech Podcast 15% off Velo News Pass with the code TECH15. Make sure you spell that lowercase. You can sign up at velonews.com slash activepass and enter the code TECH15 during checkout. That's velonews.com slash activepass and coupon code TECH15 to start taking advantage of your exclusive benefits today. Okay, so siping. Uh, if you look at your car tires in the winter, you'll notice that the treads have little uh, slashes in them, and those are called sipes. Ben, what does a sipe do? It pushes snow, water, uh, out of the way of the tire and, and, and gives you grip. Uh, right. On a bike tire. A little different. It's, it's a similar design, much smaller, but completely different uh, in result, although it can still give you grip. Yep. But uh, in, in that, it's letting the tire itself deform a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where the grip comes from, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, if, imagine like trying to get a grip with your hands, with your bare hands on a rock, and and your f- fingers can can move around them to get grip, uh, versus like if you had steel plates on your hands and they're not conforming at all. Right, right. And so that's what the the sipe is allowing, just a little bit more dexterity in the tire. Yeah, I often type with steel plates on my fingers. That's why. I, that's what I blame my bad articles on is just steel plates <laughs> on my fingers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so siping is is essentially you know you look at your tread. Staples come from. Yeah, it's all those. That's it. blame <laughs> it on the, the. I need siped hands. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so siping is is essentially allowing the 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 tire itself to move uh, and to conform, and so so that's part of that mechanical. Uh, aspect of tire design that I mentioned earlier. Uh, and, you know, contrary to what it does with your car tire moving moisture, it doesn't do that really on a tire. Uh, the sipes are too small on a, on a road tire and uh, just can't can't handle that kind of duty. You can kind of see it better uh, on things like gravel tires and, and mountain bike tires uh, where you can actually see the sipes. And what they do is they allow the tread itself on the mountain bike tire to, to deform and, and essentially bite in to, to the dirt and the, the road tire is essentially doing the same thing, right? It's like, it's allowing the, the tread of the tire, or excuse me, the, 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 um, the material of the tire itself to deform, uh, and, and enhance your grip on the road. Uh, and so when, sure. you, so and, when you, and, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, and, and many road tires have are completely smooth and don't have siping at all. And, mm-hmm. and those tire manufacturers would argue that like yeah, the tire itself is supple enough that the casing is, is moving, on its own to, to deform and to conform around uh, rocks and bumps without needing that siping. And then another thing we see we see riders do is just lower their tire pressure mm-hmm. on rainy days. You know, they'll yeah. drop it a bar, 10 PSI or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, trying to just get a little more uh, more, more squish yeah. and more grip and a yeah, bigger contact patch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and, and that's, that is the case really with, with – tubular 
with tubeless with clincher i mean that that kind of works across across the the spectrum of different tires that are being used in the peloton um so you know when you when you but one of the the great things about tubeless is that um and, and and honestly, just that rims are getting wider is that you can run lower tire pressures, uh, and and do it safely. And uh, you know, tubeless in particular has has allowed uh, for wider tires. Uh, disc brakes also kind of brought that in because disc brakes uh, got got the rim got the brake off the rim, which allowed more tire clearance. Uh, so you can go wider with your tire. You can get more lower pressure, which actually is faster in a lot of situations. So there's a lot of complexities going in here. It's, it's not just a matter of grip. It's balancing grip against speed against, you know, um, durability, all that stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. And removing the brake surface from the rim mm-hmm. opens up rim design quite a bit in terms of it's not having to combat yep. the heat from the friction. And yeah, the, the rim can be a structural thing, mm-hmm. uh, just for the tire, not as a, a braking slash heat dissipation surface also. Right. This whole tire thing is really complicated. <laughs> it is, and then like another thing with with tubeless uh, is you know you, you know you mentioned you know car tires, motorcycle tires are tubeless. Mm-hmm. Weight is not an issue, right. and you're not having to remove those tires with your fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and try. <laughs> yeah, knock yourself out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with tubeless tolerances matter quite a bit because mm-hmm. you've got to get that exactly right. You know, too too loose and the thing could come off, mm-hmm. and that is dangerous. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, too tight and it's one very frustrating to get off and on, mm-hmm. and and uh, and in extreme situations, it can even deform the wheel slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, I was just at uh, Envy a few weeks ago, and they've you know they've got tubeless wheels and. Uh, of course, they're interested in the matching of tires and wheels, and they found some tires to be so tight that it, it would cause their wheel to go out of true mm-hmm. slightly mm-hmm. as it as the tire squeezed down on the on yeah. the rim, yeah. reducing spoke tension. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So you're seeing some of these companies now have naughty lists of, okay, don't use these tires with our wheels. Yeah, um, you know, some tires, you know. Uh, like whether it's Mavic or Cadix, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, some wheels, you know, we'll specify just use our tires right. and these, um, these tires that we've also found to be yeah. acceptable. So, yeah. And, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned Cadex because I did a, a podcast a few weeks ago with uh, Jeff Schneider from Cadex and, and the whole idea was to get it at the heart of what's, what are the benefits of, of wheel systems? And that's, it's exactly that. I mean, especially with the advent of tubeless, it has become far more important for the, the tire and the wheel to work together. Uh, and, and you, like you said, I mean, so I, I got some of the Kdex 42s in and they sent tires with them. They're tubeless. Uh, the, the Kdex tires, uh, came with them and they went on so easily, uh, and I've, I set them up tubeless and they've held air, uh, perfectly ever since. I don't know what it's going to be like to take those off, but I'm guessing, uh, because it's, it's sort of a controlled parameter, you know, that Kdex has, has designed the tire and the, the, the rim to work together. Um, you know, they, they're, they're very conscious of what riders are focusing on. And part of that is changing that tire when you need to. Um, so I'm curious that when I finally do have to take that tire off, how easily it'll come off. Cause it went on really easily. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I did with the, those KDX 65s and, uh, yeah, had the same experience. Yeah. Put them on by hand, no yeah. lever needed, you know, as long as you put the, the bead down in the trough. Right. Right. Yeah. It goes on uh, yeah. the cake. 
um, was able to mount them without uh, using soapy bubbles the way I often do. The, the one place that soapy bubbles are good for with tires <laughs> yeah. is something that could be mounting stubborn tubeless tires. Right, but yeah, right. none needed here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so I, so when, it's, when, when, when the same manufacturer is designing the tolerances for the wheel and the tire, mm-hmm. happy days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as, as long as you as a consumer are happy with those those choices, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With clinchers, you've got much you've got a little more room for, for variation without mm-hmm. it being a dangerous thing. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that every team is going to have to come to grips with <laughs> pun entirely intended uh, <laughs> is, um, you know, what, what does happen if a rider does get a flat, uh, in something with something that's not a tubular tire, which notoriously has been good for being able to continue riding. Um, that that that's an interesting question and i think teams are starting to figure that out um but i should also note that in that kdex uh podcast with jeff he did mention that you can ride tubeless tires uh flat uh to a certain degree so you know it's getting to that point where you know the tire is not going to uh disconnect from the rim as easily as i think people think they they will I have not tested that theory, so I don't want anybody to just go <laughs> railing any corners high speed on your tubeless tires. Um, our uh, our friends, our, our foes, our, our nemeses, <laughs> our nemeses at Cycling Tips, uh, they, they did just recently uh, have a quote from Mitch Docker talking about EF's uh, unique approach to this problem. Uh, and so EF has been running tubeless tires, and they, but they've been putting some sort of a sponge, as Mitch Docker called it. Uh, inside the tire to basically provide a little cushion and give the the tire a little bit of form should the tire go flat, uh, thereby reducing the risk of rolling the 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 uh, bead right off the rim and being able to keep rolling uh, with the tire. That's a unique approach, uh, and we've seen that a little bit with uh, mountain bike and gravel with things like Cushcore, uh, yep. which is a yep. liner that goes inside your tire to to not only give it form should it go should the tire pressure go low but also to sort of uh give the tire some added structure uh while cornering so that you get more grip uh it's an interesting concept yeah for sure and i mean we should clarify that riding a flat tire is not a good idea ever um, ever <laughs> in any situation and, and, uh, <laughs> and you know we had uh, unfortunately uh a demonstration of that in the tour this year mm-hmm. uh, you know monday Kofidis's rider anthony perez was in the a virtual lead for the KOM competition mm-hmm. got a flat, uh, was trying to keep it going on the descent until his car could get up to him, change tire, right. crashed out. Right. Um, and that, that's a really clear delineation between the pros and us. I mean, honestly, unless, you know, the pros need to keep going, they have to keep going. Uh, and so the running flat thing is really important to them for us. I mean, if I'm not on a training ride and I get a flat, I'm stopping. <laughs> you know? If you're on any ride, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. in a race. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling over and I'm stopping. Uh, it's, it, you know, it is a last resort, absolutely last resort. You don't want to be rolling on a flat tire in any situation if you don't have to be, uh, it's just flat out dangerous with mm-hmm. any tire. Yeah. Flat out. <laughs> God, I'm full of them. <laughs> I'm going to get a dad joke medal here. <laughs> So one thing to put on the record here on the tire record, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we we were calling Julian Alaphilippe's win at the Tour on clinchers the first in modern Tour history, mm-hmm. and I've added that little caveat disclaimer because I don't know 
for certain that that was the very first win on a clincher ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, some riders like Claudio Chiapucci uh, were using Michelin clinchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny whether uh, a Michelin clincher had won a stage of the Tour de France. Um, so just that to say, we know clinchers have been used you know, in the last 30, 40 years at the tour, but I cannot think of a time in the last 20 years that anyone has won on a clincher. So that was my little. Yeah. Well, and uh, frankly, I mean, verification for if, if, if somebody first. had one on clinchers, b- believe me, the tire manufacturer would have told us <laughs> they would have been very happy to, to get that information out because it's, it's a notable thing. Um, unless it was under some sort of situation in which, you know, I, I, I can't even really imagine, but some sort of negative, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine any situation where you win a stage on a, <laughs> on your tire and you say, no, 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 we can't let that get out. I mean, um, to me, that seems like something that they would absolutely want to brag about. So, you know, I think I'm, sh- I, I'm absolutely certain that clinchers have appeared in tour stages before over the years. Have they won? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, we, we don't know. We're, we're still looking at that. And yeah. if you can cite a reference, by all means, let us know. Like we know Laurent Fignon raced on Michelin tires for a short period, too. So mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. It, it's a possibility, but yeah. we just have no uh, no record of it. Right, right. In modern times. So, uh, okay, so that was a lot of tire talk. <laughs> Are you tired? I had to get one more dad joke. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I feel like I need to put a dollar in a swear jar or something. <laughs> um, so that's that's the big story of week one is, is a lot of tires. I mean, there's other things that happened. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll touch on more of that later. Um, as the tour progresses. Uh, but you know, we, you know, we've seen things like we've seen a carbon frame explode on a guardrail, which obviously is going to happen when you hit a guardrail at that speed. Um, we've seen, you know, some, some blingy tech, we've seen some, some, some really expensive gear on riders. Um, you know, we've seen Bianchi just dominate on rim brakes. Um, there's a lot to pay attention to out there, uh, in the upcoming stages and we're heading towards some, some, some more mountains. I think we're going to see some more tech, uh, launch in the coming days. Um, keep your eyes open for new bikes. I think, uh, we have yet to see, uh, every new bike that we're bound to see this tour. Um, Ben, what are you going to keep an eye out for, for the next couple stages? Gravel bikes in the tour? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. You know, it's interesting covering it from home in that we were unable to be sniffing around the pits and seeing what uh, riders and teams have in their trucks and buses. So uh, just like with the race action, you never know what's going to happen. So that's why we, uh, we we tune in every day for more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, check back uh, next week's tech yeah. podcast and yeah. we'll do another roundup. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, everybody uh, – Keep the rubber side down. Yeah. Ah, you got one too. You got a dad joke in there too. Good job. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any questions about this episode of the Velo News Tech Podcast or any of the podcasts in our Velo News atmosphere, please do feel free to reach out to me. You can get me uh, via email at dcavalaria at velonews.com. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitters at Brown Tide Dan. Ben, where can they find you? I'm scared of social media, but I love Strava. So you can find me there at Ben-Delaney. Ben, thanks for uh, for joining me today. And uh, let's have another great week of watching some uh, some tour 
fantastic uh, tour moments play out next week. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you all next time.